0: You're listening to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Ah, uh, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited. You want more, Hal? We'll give you more. Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCBT, a 20. Hoo-yah! I think, um, by the way, uh, welcome back to the show, uh, streaming live at infotainmentwars.com, where you can like and sp- subscribe to the YouTube channel. I recommend it. Please do it. Our, our call in number is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. And I think today Alex Jones wins our five eggs. Five orders. eggs. Yeah. He is definitely getting five. Five eggs. eggs. Um, five eggs in a month. That's right. We only we can only afford to do that. Five eggs. Go out to Alex Jones. Uh, one for every shape of his head. <laughs> um, who uh, he looks like an ostrich egg grew a beard. If you've ever seen what Alex looks like, uh, and by the way, no,
1: he's kind no of excitable.
0: To, yeah, um, uh, one would uh, you know one would think maybe perhaps that the uh, the TRT uh, is a little uh, you know, maybe affect maybe tap down the dosage on his testosterone replacement therapy because yeah. it seems to be making him a little. Anxious, i think it's yeah. the word that beetlejuice used um getting a little anxious if you know what i'm saying <laughs> um but also like i said there is a reasoning why alex jones has to do this performative rage for his audience because yeah. he knows it's crap he knows he's lying and, and I've I mentioned this before and some of you may n- uh, know or not know but I was on Alex Jones' show with my buddy Richard Hunter. Richard Hunter um, is, uh, a, is a great man. Lives here in the Las Vegas area but he used to live in Dallas, Texas and he was on the radio there for a long time at a morning show uh, back when morning shows were a big thing and, and did great and was terrific at it and knew Alex from the local market right? so at one point as uh, and this was during the Obama years, Richard and I go on Alex's show as guests and this is before he has his big space station set and all that stuff before he monetized this lunacy to the level he has it at now the hundred multi hundred million dollar empire that he has um you know selling um, pills that will put lead in your pencil and lead in your veins um his his testosterone pills that apparently had traces of lead in them and got an FDA hit and had to pull them down. Um, I mean he's in the supplement and prepper food market and and it's a huge market. If you don't believe me, look at Jim Baker's uh, entire um, religious programming schedule. It's all around selling you buckets of food for the end times. Which would say to me they don't actually believe their religious message because why would you be around after the rapture if you weren't a good Christian? Yeah, you would be and sucked
1: up into Christian. heaven,
0: right? And why, if you're a good Christian that follows Jim Baker, would you need food for after that? And if you are stuck around, maybe you did something wrong. Maybe you shouldn't be eating. I, maybe, maybe the, you know, maybe, maybe this is maybe tribulation is a real thing, right? So, anyways, um, we went on there, and both of us, um, you know, managed to get. Alex to admit some stuff on the air. One being that Barack Obama wasn't evil. I got him to say that, and that and and Richard got him to admit that there were good things in the Affordable Care Act. Um, which is, I mean, in and of itself, the fact that there's tape of him saying this on the air would probably end his, you know, most of his viewers, you know, watching him now. If those clips were to, I don't know, resurface. Um, but the breaks on his show. And, and if you ever want to see what happens during the breaks on this show, go to infotainmentwars.com or go to uh, fwank.com on uh, twitch.tv slash houseparks. And during the commercials, uh, you know, which you should be patronizing, by the way, because they help uh, WCPT, um, you mm-hmm. can see what we talk about. Like, I don't hide any of it. I don't go to break and say something separate from what I'm saying on the air. Maybe it's a little saucier than the language I'm yeah. going to use on air, but it's the same. Message, same ideology, same ethics, same everything, right? Because I am, uh, you know, uh, the hobgoblin of little minds. I am consistent, if not anything, and um, if anything, and so during the breaks, he talked about this, the anti-Hillary Clinton uh, documentary movie that he went to see, which, by the way, would ultimately be the Citizens United movie, Turned out mm-hmm. to be that movie that caused the whole Citizens United. And he was talking about how he went to the premiere of this thing and how she was a demon, but. At this premiere at this uh, Austin movie theater where they had this, um, he had they had the most amazing. They had great red wine and the most amazing chocolate cake he had ever had. And he and his wife couldn't stop eating it. And he had like three pieces and they were huge, giant deli sized slices of chocolate cake, which looking at Alex Jones, no surprise. He would eat three slices of chocolate. I'd cake that smash a, and a, a piece deli- of chocolate yeah. cake. Oh, yeah. And then a bunch of red wine. So he was a little, like, hung over and sugared over during the show it was kind yes. of his talk, but he would have kept eating it. Now, here's my problem with the whole story. Uh, let's let's put aside the fact that it's unhealthy to eat that much chocolate cake at one sitting. Let's put aside the fact that, uh, the, you know, that he drank that red wine uh, and by the half gallon, apparently, and drove home. Yeah. He was the driver. His wife and he went together. He he was driving his car. So he's basically admitting to us off air that he was driving drunk, essentially, getting home from this thing. If you believe for a second anything in the Hillary Clinton documentary that she is rounding people up and that they are planning an Agenda 21 Jade Helm thing where they scoop up people and put them in concentration camps, you believe any of that stuff. Would you, A, show up in public at a movie theater that was showing, you know, that was making the premiere of a movie against, uh, you know, someone who is worse than Hitler by his estimation? Let's just say you were in, in, it was 1935 and you're in Germany and somebody's putting out an anti-Hitler documentary. And they're rounding all the people up who feel this way in a theater to watch said documentary. And they're serving food at this thing. Do you think anyone who was an enemy of Hitler would have gone to this documentary screening and eaten any of the food there? Are you insane? What are you talking about? uh, You would have to be... You'd have to, It's a suicide mission. You'd, you'd be, it'd be crazy to do that if it were true, if any of it were true, if it was even remotely close to true. If half of what he was saying on the air about Hillary Clinton was true, your life is in danger just talking about the woman, much less eating everything in the buffet <laughs> like by the fistful at a documentary that finally is going to bring her down, right? It, it goes to my I mean, Alex Jones is the puppy David Icke. And David Icke, if you don't know, writes all the books about alien lizard people who are drinking human milkshakes who've taken over all the military bases on the world in the world. And we, we, we're allowed to use the surface, but if you go you know, more than a, you know, two stories below the surface, it's all run by lizards and they're liquefying humans, and that's how they do it right. He's written multiple books on this. He came out as, uh, in um, like, I want to say, uh, '81. He was a sportscaster told everybody that he was Jesus a year yes. later, said, actually, I'm not Jesus. I just have been talking through and to Jesus. And Jesus is telling me all this stuff. And the aliens are here and they're liquefying us and they're eating us. And in telling that he he's a millionaire now, he's sold millions of you know copies of his books in multiple languages, he's still alive, he's still puffy, yeah. and he's still getting the same it, I mean, it's ridiculous. That. It's hilarious. It's, it's very Tiger King. You don't know. He's got a very Tiger King hairdo. Ugh. But uh, he, uh, Alex Jones based his entire methodology on David Icke's money-making scheme. Yeah. And Joe Rogan created the kind of softball weed version of that, which is a lot more palatable for people. It's much more the George Norrie zone of things. We have to take a break. But this is a money-making scheme. Uh, Russell Brand has, is now carving off his version of this and, his entire, and is making millions of dollars and buying houses in the country pretending that the world is against him when it couldn't care less we'll be back
1: attention attention stop what you're doing because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program
0: Mega Worldwide oh my God. They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it.
1: Now let's get back with Spark's Radio Program Mega Worldwide.
0: Welcome back. Um, by the way, 773-763-9278 is our number. There's a lot of uh, news going on as well um, in general, um, and not all of it is bad. For the you know, for the record, in talking to everybody about you know how Alex Jones and others use fear as the primary motivator for their um, for why the, you know, people watch their shows and watch their programs in that Alex Jones wants you to think the end of the world is always nigh and, um, and Joe Rogan is always going to have on the people that you're afraid you know, when they say something they will motivate someone to do something awful that's usually mm-hmm. the, oh my god, if that person comes on and is allowed to say everything they, they're going to convince some people and of the people they convince someone is going to you know, take up arms or act on that thing and, that's, and he always, that's how he drives audience one out of five people that are guests on Rogan's show will fit that bill. And the rest are like comics and other people that stoners like to listen to talk. So it's like four days of Simpsons, one day of Alex Jones. That's, how, that's the recipe for Joe Rogan's success. In case you ever want to replicate it, and I don't recommend it. Okay. Um, and he also gets the UFC crowd uh, will automatically listen to him. And you've got, you, you mix that level of like prurient violence mixed with uh fear of the end of the world and the and there's a matrix of control going on and that kind of paranoia that comes with quite frankly a percentage of people who smoke weed for all the people who are like weed helps great good for you i don't use it i never will i don't do any drugs i'm not going to i have no interest um you do you boo but this idea that it's Totally harmless is absurd, and a portion of people are made paranoid by their usage of it, and it is directly reflected in the Joe Rogan crowd, because that's those are the folks who will find their way to that kind of programming. If you're the kind, if there's that overlap, and by the way, I used to, you know, my my standard belief for a long time was that um, legalizing. Or, or at least decriminalizing pot would lower some of the paranoia reflex because it might just heighten your awareness and you're aware that you're doing something illegal and therefore you might be paranoid rightly so because it's heightened your awareness temporarily. You're, you're overly aware of every sign and, you know, around you and yet in the back of your mind you know you're doing something you could get arrested for so you tie those two things together voila, paranoia. It makes total sense. But over the course of, you know, watching, you know, who kind of cleaves to the bosom of Joe Rogan, you're going to find a lot of that overlap that of the percentage of people who are who experience mild or extreme paranoia from pot usage, a big portion of them are going to end up as Joe Rogan listeners. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. there's a there's a corralling effect. The rest of them aren't. The, the, the people who smoke it and relax or, you know, find that it has some function as an ADD drug, like our dear beloved friend Doug Pinnock from King's X, who had a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Doug. We love you. Um, uh, you know, who find it that way and don't end up experiencing that paranoia? Great. But the ones that do are going to find their way to Alex Jones and Joe Rogan. So um, I, uh, unfortunately... Because of my uh, ethics, morality, and personality, and my, and my choice of style of comedy, um, can't do that. I can't just scare the crap out of you. As a matter of fact, I believe that fear is, uh, is akin to a paralysis on some level, and eventually, you know, if you become too afraid all the time, you're useless. What if you're the person who has the great idea to solve one of these social problems... But because you've been inundated with the news that it's awful, it's so awful, it's insurmountable, there is no solution, there is no cure, it's just over, we're just in trouble and we're never going to get past it on every level. Climate change, uh, How to you know solving the problem of gravity and friction, I don't know what it is, but being told over and over and over that it's impossible may negatively affect some people over time. And it mm-hmm. might negatively affect, historically, the people who might have come up with a solution if they had been told that there's still a possibility, right? So... My goal has always been anti paralysis. Let off the pressure a little bit. Let's laugh about this you know, this reality while still taking it seriously. Well that's so that because
1: you of your have. it's the namesake of your aunt's paralysis. My what? Your anti paralysis from Kentucky?
0: Yeah, she's uh well it's funny, she's the most active aunt I have, ironically <laughs> enough.
1: <laughs> it's so weird. It is. I'm yeah. sorry. I really shoehorned that in. I. You that did. Was not it, was a, it was
0: a valiant effort. It was. You swung for fences, and I appreciate it. I can still hear the 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 wiffle ball bat whiffing. Um,
1: oh, man oh man!
0: But it, I'll give you an example. Um, this is from uh, raw story, but this is directly from the CDC. Study suggests Delta does not cause more severe childhood COVID. Um, U.S. pediatric COVID hospitalizations have surged since Delta became predominant, but a new study that offers a first look at the relevant data suggests that fears that the variant causes more severe disease are unfounded. The paper by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention also found that between June 20th and July 31st, unvaccinated adolescents were more than 10 times more likely to be hospitalized than those who were vaccinated. So when you're talking about 12 to 24-year-olds... Unvaccinated ones are the ones that are getting in there. And so the national statistic is driving everybody to think. And the number of those folks who are, have comorbidities, live in areas where the diet is really poor. Uh, there's there's uh, like white poverty in mass, which also leads to other outcomes that nobody seems to want to address largely in these communities. And I grew up around them. I mean, we're talking about Mountain Dew and baby bottles. We're talking about kids with their teeth rotting while they're still in their gums, where their, their, their grown teeth come through their gums rotten in Appalachia and the Tennessee Valley and all these areas where you're seeing these spikes in, in Florabama, in the northern parts of Florida, and, and in, the, you know, in the Midwestern Plain states in these really rural towns. Um, And so you look at the numbers statistically for the country and you're like, oh, my God, the spike. But it is very acute to largely unvaccinated people who are in poor health as well. So um, the the health agency analyzed hospital records from across an area covering around 10 percent of the U.S. population between March 1st and August 14th of this year or, sorry, March 4th of 2020 and August 14th of this year. This covered the period before the emergence of Delta, the most contagious strain to date, and after it became dominant from June 20 onwards. Weekly hospitalizations of children 0 to 17 were at their lowest between June 12th and July 3rd at 0.3% per 100,000, before rising to 1.4 per 100,000 in the week ending August 14th, a 4.7-fold increase, hence the... The clamoring and fear you've seen in the news about the increase in in adolescents being uh, put, you know, in for for, you know, going into the hospital for covid. Right. Yeah. All directly related to red state, unvaccinated anti mask people. And especially, you know, like uh, catch the disease parties that they throw the idea that if your kids are going to be safe, so just get it, have it and they'll they'll their natural antibodies will fight back against it. So they're having like like chickenpox parties, basically, but with COVID. So, which is not a good idea for the record. Um, consistent uh, with prior research, children 12 to 17 and 0 to 4 are at a higher risk, or, uh, a risk of COVID hospitalization than children ages 5 to 11. This is basically before your immune system has a chance to come online and, and be really functional and after it's experienced enough infections to maybe overreact and cause lung damage. So that there's a window of 5 to 11 where kids are kind of in the sweet spot with this thing. After examining 3,116 hospital records from the period before Delta and comparing them to 164 records during the Delta period, the percentage of children with severe indicators was found not to differ greatly. Specifically, the percentage of hospitalized patients admitted to intensive care was 26.5% pre-Delta and 23.2% post. Part of that has to do with nationwide numbers and vaccinations in in the broader cases. But as far as people who contracted it, children who contracted it, and the percentage that ended up needing hospitalization, it was actually lower after Delta had emerged. Uh, the percentage placed on ventilators was 6.1% pre-del- uh, pre-Delta and 9.8% post. And the percentage who died was 0.7% pre-Delta and 1.8% uh, post. And that has largely to do with where it was hitting Not that it was more damaging, that the the kids being affected are these kids in impoverished areas with anti-mask and anti-vax reflexes. And then and the numbers don't belie that this disease is hitting children harder, but that more children are being hit by it because of the attitude in the states it is now attacking and that the people who are around those kids are taking less precautions. And that's raising the number. But insofar as the the one to one in kids, it is not hitting children. You know, a child that before Delta would have gotten sick and hospitalized um, would have more than likely gotten sick and hospitalized with Delta. It's almost one to one. So the finding comes with an important caveat that because the number of hospitalizations in the post Delta period is small, thanks to vaccines, by the way. More data will need to accrue for scientists to gain greater confidence about the conclusion. The study also underscored vaccine effectiveness against pediatric COVID hospitalization during Delta. Between June 20th and July 31st, among 68 adolescents hospitalized with COVID-19, whose vaccine status was known, 59 of the 68 were unvaccinated. Five were partially vaccinated, meaning they'd had their first dose or their second dose and the two-week period after the second dose hadn't happened yet. And four were fully vaccinated. This meant that the unvaccinated were 10 times more likely to be hospitalized compared to vaccinated. 10 times more likely. And still the number is low, by the way. Uh, the problem is people just don't know if their kid has uh, a comorbidity. You don't know if it's, you know, if a, if a peanut allergy or those kind of things would affect it, whether obesity is enough to get somebody in trouble with this, or they may have asthma or some secondary disease that they're dealing with. Did I mention
1: to here. you that a friend of mine is literally in medical journals because of her reaction to COVID? No. She had a really bad um, hold, case. Hold, 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 We're going to take a break, and break? I want you to tell us
0: after the break. Because okay. this is really interesting, and it's a good lead-off to the final part of this story. It will tie nicely in there, I feel like. We could do a real good tease to keep the viewers with us and listeners with us. Like real radio. Stick around. Yeah, stick around. Real you right after this. It's the Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Press Talk. Now on my Instagram channel as well, at Hal Sparks. Follow me on Instagram. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on... Uh, garage band starts sawing something together this is the house bar show shop wow and then a guitar note and then progressive and all that. yeah it's gonna be good hey how did you mean something like this what? this is the house bar show shop wow and a guitar note, and then progressive and all that. yeah it's gonna be good
1: uh-uh. Wow.
0: The House Parks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, wow. that's gonna be
1: good. Wow. Yeah. wow. 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 What? Who is that? Is that Alex Jones?
0: No, that's Mike Lindell.
1: Oh, man. Mike oh, I Lindell forgot about sang,
0: that. Saying wow multiple wow. times.
1: Wow. 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 Wow.
0: During his own stuff. Like, he says wow so much, it's, it became a running gag. What?
1: five <laughs> it! All right, so, um,
0: but, uh, you know, the important thing is that uh, we don't
1: give, um... Free health care <laughs> for Yeah, look. Ill- 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 all right, so... That is um, crucial. All right, so you were telling us about
0: your friend who's actually in the journal, uh, you know, in, in the... She's
1: going to be COVID. in medical journals if she's not already. Um, she got COVID before she was able to be vaccinated, and... Mm. As she got better, it manifested in some serious open sores on on her arms and legs and, like, her neck. Wow. And, um, and when she was finally able to get um, – the, the doctor put her on the short list for the vaccine when mm-hmm. still not many people had it. And the first dose of the vaccine did great. And it really helped with the sores. And then – she was wiped out after the second dose, like a lot of us were, but it didn't, like, manifest again. So right. so all of that went down. Her sores went away. And now um, there are more people back in her office, and there are a lot of people. She's in um, South Carolina, and there are a lot of people not wearing masks and not taking things seriously. Right. She's been exposed to COVID again. She got tested. She knows that she doesn't have it, but she's got the sores back. Mm. And the she and her doctor determined that um, she and when she got chickenpox as like I think either um, an early teen or like nine ten eleven in there she got it kind of late. It hit her super hard. She had chickenpox right. everywhere, right. and so her body she's predisposed her body.
0: to yeah she, her she's predisposed to having skin. Uh, like, like her skin shows when she's infected. Yeah, right. And, and Wait, but specifically
1: saying- with a virus, like what, if she gets sick with um, some sort of bacteria, it's not the same reaction. But this this COVID virus, it's it's tickling the same thing in her nervous system, and it's causing these these sores. And well, um, I, I'm, what types no of sores? They're, they're kind of to- like the. It's not shingles. That was the first thing I was going to say. They're like they look like um, initially they're like an angry red rash, and then it turns into um, they just kind of get more and more raw, and then they then they open up a bit. Mm.
0: Well, having had shingles, same here. Point, yeah, um, it's no fun. And the example I try to give everybody when it comes to COVID and why a vaccine. You know, might be necessary or a variation of it in the future too. Is that shingles is a direct result of chicken pox when you have it. Right. You know, and it's way worse. It's horrible. And um, imagine this is the way I try to explain it to people. is imagine that COVID is the chicken pox, and when you're older, there's a shingles version of it that shows up in your lungs, um, which would be right. horrifying right and, and basically that's yeah. what that's what's happening in your lungs with COVID anyways it's sort of like shingles it's this overreaction to your immune system it's freaking out it's puffing up the, the, the vessels themselves there's like what they call ground glass looking lungs they, yeah. you can't process oxygen people are breathing as deep as they can but their lungs are only producing a certain amount and it's the top of their lungs which is where your quick dirty exchange of oxygen, oxygen happens if anybody knows about like like uh, you, you run marathons and the like. There's a element of the the your lower lungs are way better and more full of uh, you know the the cells that need that help the oxygen exchange. Whereas the top is quick and dirty. There's more uh, mm-hmm. other elements that get into your bloodstream if you're just breathing in the top of your lungs. But in a panic, you breathe shallow in the top of your lungs, like Alex Jones does all the time. So therefore, you get in a panic mood. That's why meditation, where you breathe into your belly. They always say, like a, um, a uh, I forget what the, the saying was. Like a, a master breathes into his belly, a sage breathes into his heels. The idea is that mm-hmm. the deeper you pull your breath into your body, the more the more true oxygen you get because your lower lungs are much better at pulling that out. Right? There's the stages of the lungs, and the top right. is for emergencies, and the bottoms for comfort and depth and whatever. That's why babies breathe. Their bellies go in and out. You can see their bellies moving really big. A lot of people get all tense in their upper chest. And if people, by the way, this is a good reminder that if you are uh, on social media all the time and you're texting away, watch your posture because I believe that the negative aspects of social media are directly related to how people breathe while they're using it, because if you mm. look at how most people do it, they are hunched over, they are squeezing the bottom of their lungs, their diaphragm is compressed, they are bent over on their belly, right, and they're only use and their shoulders are hunched forward. They are only using the uh, the top of their lungs. Um, Johnny Desmond that thing says, I do Wim Hof every day. Wim Hof is a deep breathing exercise. is a dude who swims in ice water and that kind of stuff. It's very cool stuff. I love that stuff. It's fascinating. But think about how people. If you if you if you find yourself in a panic on social media, do me a favor. Just remember this that, that, that Al Sparks told you: sit up straight, breathe into your belly, relax for a second, because perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps you're having the absolute right reaction to what you're reading and responding to. Right. But also, perhaps you are choked off from oxygen and you are responding as if you are being suffocated and and you are overreacting to what you're reading and uh, overall because of that. That you are not you looking at this message online and interpreting it with all of you present. You are you deprived of about sixty percent of the oxygen you would need, and since your brain uses most of the oxygen you take in, you're not you, you're not firing on all cylinders if you're all hunched over with your belly all scrunched.
1: And it sounds Elastic. silly, but breathing is underrated.
0: It absolutely because- is.
1: Because you like I've seen in the comments, there's no scarier feeling than realizing that you can't breathe when you need yes, to. That's and right. and when and you, and the fear when you reflex pause, in it is
0: natural, it is absolutely it is a natural yeah. trigger. If you can't breathe, you should panic. But the yep, problem yeah, is your, your body doesn't know
1: on purpose.
0: Your body doesn't know a to b, b to a logic. If you're panicking because you can't breathe. If you can't breathe, then you're panicking. Like, there, there, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't understand that, oh, I'm panicking because I'm not breathing, not because I can't breathe. I can't breathe if I sit up straight, but I'm, but I'm right. depleting myself of oxygen, and my brain is, is reacting to things as if I'm being choked,
1: essentially. And just that and so moment look, of mindfulness that, that Hal is talking about, where, like, if you pause and go, am I breathing okay? Everything. You realize that you're not, and you take a few deep breaths, and you immediately feel better
0: yes right that's why people say like when you're angry because all anger is based on fear as well i will i will unequivocally say that because all anger is based on the potential for loss why are you mad why are you ever mad if you if you have one car and it's the only way you get to work and somebody wrecks it you're going to be mad if you have 30 cars do you even care no because did one of your cars get wrecked yeah absolutely but what's the loss you can still get to work, you can still drive a car, you still got multiple cars, you can all t- drive this one until that one's fixed, right? Notice how you relax on that one because it's not crucial because it's the fear of loss that makes you angry. Someone taking something away from you. And, if, and, and, and that's, that affects everything you do, whether it's real or perceived, right? Perceived loss is as strong as actual loss especially when it comes to social media. so And that's where a lot of anxiety and fear comes from. It feeds into it. And, and while people have real anxiety and real clinical anxiety that they have to deal with, a vast majority of the people who are talking about how anxious they are or upset has a lot to do with how they're breathing or not breathing, rather, when they're using social media and they're sitting on their couch all bent over, squished, collapsing their lungs. Sit up straight, breathe deep use all of yourself and then when you respond online to whatever you're trying to deal with all of yourself is present you have all of the tools in your mental toolbox instead of just the three that says scream right Mm -hmm. because the last thing you want to do is turn into alex jones and that's exactly what alex jones does alex jones is obese alex jones's belly presses on his insides all the time because that's what obesity also does for your anxiety it presses on your gut it collapses your diaphragm it, it makes it harder for you to breathe into your belly And then when he sits the way he sits, look at how he sits. He leans over a microphone. He he collapses his chest. He's on stimulants. That doubles it. No wonder he reacts to everything this way. You are looking at a crazy man making himself crazier. Mm -hmm. Now, when we come back, I want to finish with what I was saying about the COVID uh, report that just came out from the CDC.
1: Yes, please.
0: Breathe deep, because I want you to be able to incorporate this into your thought where you can also you can recognize that you don't have to live in absolute fear, but you can also recognize that the reason you don't have to live in absolute fear is because you're taking every normal precaution and you are living healthfully. Both should go hand in hand.
1: You've we'll done what you can this. do. Right. Yeah, we'll talk about the move
0: variant. <laughs>
1: Care people <laughs>
0: Overhead shot, please. You know what this is? This is ivermectin for humans that <laughs> want